What's up? Welcome to the OKB's podcast, episode 64. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Addy Oye. Joining me this week, as always, is Ian Prichelle. What's up, Ian? What's up, Bless? Also joining us this week is the homie from... Boulder doesn't rhyme with homie. Alex Van Aken. What's up, Alex? It's your homie from Baloney. Homie from Baloney. Oh, Jesus. Why do you sound... Why do you... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> why do you, why do you sound like if Michael Jackson was a rapper? It's your it's it's your homie from Baloney. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is episode 64 and 64 is one of my favorite numbers because the Nintendo 64 is a console that exists. Uh and so to start off this episode, uh we're going to start off with a new segment I call 64 for the 64. 64 seconds. 60 the, the square root of 64 is 8 something. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst episode we've ever done um that's because you right we... before we started recording you're like oh it's episode 64 i'm doing a, a nintendo 64 bit at the beginning three two one record <laughs> this podcast is a very informal podcast we don't plan here we just go with the waves and um, that is the, con- the exact opposite of what we do <laughs> then we'll, yeah the i said to <laughs> we, not plan you were like no we have to do it this way or i'm gonna have a nervous breakdown <laughs> we play uh, we plan so much i plan so much that then you know Things like this happen. Where, it, 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 what's your favorite game on the Nintendo sixty four, guys? This. Um, Majora's <laughs> Mask or Pokemon Stadium two, probably. Um, Pokemon Stadium two, I like. Mine's gonna be Super Mario sixty four or Super Smash Bros. Mm-mm. Or Ocarina. I never played Super Smash Bros. on sixty four. Really? I mean, that's I where I put a I lot never, of time in. It's it's so weird because I have three younger brothers. At the time when the sixty four came out, I had two younger brothers, and my parents like almost never bought us multiplayer games. Huh? They were like, I guess they didn't understand the distinction, and I feel like even now they still don't get it. But like, they was like, yeah, forget it, just take this cart and then just like just go off somewhere. I think that was like the main reason why they even got it for us. Oh, Kirby sixty four, great game. Wait, really? I played Kirby sixty four, but I played it late and so i feel like i didn't get the full experience of that game because i played in like 20 like 13 or 14 or something i like that that <laughs> kirby game i'm laughing because you just gave like cow a, a straight stare it's the no best i was i was no life. i was i was, was trying to figure glare. out where the noise was coming from i was like is it coming through my headphones or is it coming from her or what's going on oh okay you look um, like you're about to murder murder a person no no, like, no, no, no no i'm seeing another side of ian that i've never seen before no okay <laughs> so the thing is, is that we recently got a google home so like Sometimes I'll be video editing and then I'll hear something in the background, but it turns out that cow just put on like rain sounds and I'll be mm. like, what is that? What is that sound? Like when I'm editing, is that like a problem with my audio or something? And then I hear, I take out my headphone and it's rain and I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. Like, I, I do the same, same thing when way. I poop with the, uh, with the shower, like I'll turn it on and like you poop in me. the shower. No, I just poop next to the shower and turn the water on cause it's soothing. Oh, okay. It's, I was okay. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a normal thing that normal people say. Shang yeah. Sung going or your Shang Fu Feng 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 Shui Feng Shui. Yeah, Shang Sung is a Mortal Kombat villain. <laughs> wow, you are you are like the farthest thing removed from Asian culture. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you really that's make sad. yourself laugh. There. <laughs> I really that's make Feng Shui. Uh, uh, what was I? Oh, in Nintendo sixty four. Um, wait, you so you really haven't played uh, Smash Bros on the sixty four? My first time playing Smash Bros was Melee. Dude, that's crazy. What when um I I grew up with three older sisters and so like all of our games were all like multiplayer stuff and so we had Smash yeah. Bros, uh Mario Kart, Mario <laughs> Party, which 
funny story about how we actually it's not even funny it's not even a good story we asked for mario party our parents got us mario kart on accident and i was like oh this is great and then we finally got mario party later uh but yeah i think for me my favorite game i'm with alex like mario 64 is like i was actually my favorite game like of all time and then dk64 is up there and jet force oh dk64 oh jet force you know the 64 was such a great great system oh yeah yeah. i was thinking about this earlier don't ask why but like rare i feel like is my favorite not even my favorite like well, yeah, my, uh, Rare is probably my favorite developer, and I think it's one of the best developers of all time. Like, if you look back at some of the games they released during that generation, like Banjo Kazooie, DK, Jet Force, uh, Golden Eye, Perfect Dark. Like, if you go down the catalog, it's yeah. insane. Uh, so yeah, shout out to Nintendo sixty four because episode sixty four. I feel like we have to give a give a shout out because uh, this is the greatest console of all time. Come at me. Shout out to Pilot Wings. Shout out to Pilot Wings. Do we have any more shout outs? To my That's mom. It. That's it. To Remember Alex's that mom. the the OKB's OK podcast is a weekly gaming and nerd culture centric show. This is where we get together and talk about the biggest topics in games and culture. If you like the show, subscribe to us on your streaming service of choice. Visit OKBeast.com and follow at OKBeastNow on Twitter and Instagram. Remember that every week we have a new video up on the OKBeast OK YouTube channel, youtube.com slash OKBeast. OK this last week, Alex put up a video but all about the new hit sensation, Cuphead. I haven't watched it yet. Alex, do you want to say anything about that video? Uh, yeah. So, essentially, it just explains, like, why it's so hard. Like, it's not just, like, somebody doesn't, like, go in and be like, all right, let's turn this crank up, and now it's hard. They use, like, something called pattern variance, which the game constantly builds up patterns and rhythms in your play style and then continuously breaks them like every boss. And it just like, uh, it's like, it just essentially changes small details. Like the order of which projectiles come at you, the speed between platforms that you have to hit in some boss fights, like just these tiny little things that kind of make the game a lot harder because you can't memorize it completely. Um, and you kind of have to master each individual facet of like a boss phase. And so it's kind of breaks that down. It's really short. It's like three minutes and 50 seconds or, or really short for us at least. Um, but yeah, so if you're on the toilet and go check that out. Nice. I'll Only if you're next. on the toilet. Only if you're yeah, on the toilet. Say, next time I'm on the toilet, I'll be sure to check it out. For, I think I watched your last video on the toilet actually now that I think about it. Yeah. Is it my, weird? My, my, my videos are great on the toilet. I've always like, <laughs> I've always wondered because like I listen to a lot of podcasts on the toilet and songs. Um, I, I'm always listening to something on the toilet. I'm always thinking I play like, guitar on the toilet. Well, that's interesting. But I'm always thinking that, like <laughs> the person, the person's voice that's coming through my headphones right now. Do you, do you think that they imagine that as they're speaking, the words that they're speaking are going to be heard while somebody is like pooping and having like you know feces coming out the you know take the toilet paper. Oh, oh no, no, no! <laughs> I, I veto that this. Was, I not strong, what I for the strong OKP veto. Podcast. Strong veto. Oh gosh. <sighs> Oh, all right. Um, well, there it is. That's we're have it. To cancel this podcast soon. We're done. Uh, yeah. man. Oh yeah. Also rate us on iTunes. Uh, oh, new mayor. By rate the us way, on iTunes. Rihanna. By the Who way, else to this podcast. Andrew Street. My mom. Ian's mom. She's a nice. Not lady. my mom. Oh. But hey, what were you speaking. Speaking of Cuphead, I saw an image the other day, and the title of the image was, wow, this boss in Cuphead is so hard, and then it was, like, from a DeviantArt page or something, where it was Cuphead, but the Cuphead was dressed in Bloodborne gear, and it was one of the Bloodborne bosses, like, done in the Cuphead style. I think it was uh, mm-hmm. Vicar Amelia, like, one of the giant bosses, 
but it was drawn in Cuphead style, and I was like, wait, is this... I like It was to the point where I was like, <laughs> I can't tell if this is a meme or not, and I if Cuphead did that in the game where they were referencing Dark Souls like as a secret <laughs> boss, I was like, that's actually brilliant and i kind of want that to be real so i don't want to research any more of it because i'm afraid that if i research it and find out that it's not real i'll be really upset so i'm just gonna put it out there that if if cuphead and dark souls had a a crossover would you want it to be called cup souls or darkhead even though darkhead sounds like a racial slur yeah i like dark i like the dark cup (laughs) dark cup actually dark cup does sound kind of good cup souls uh, speaking of Cuphead, kills. Yep, I think two two out of actually. Ian, have you played Cuphead? I can't. I don't have a PC out here. Oh man, sad life. Uh, me and Alex have both played Cuphead, and that's actually one of the reasons why I brought Alex on so he can co- talk about Cuphead because I've only played like an hour. Uh, and Alex apparently has played enough to like write essays about it. Uh, Alex, <laughs> <laughs> what are your what's your impression of Cuphead? Uh, Cuphead is really good. Um. I'm not sure if it's like an all-time classic or anything, but it's like good, even great. Um, if you don't know what Cuphead is, it's essentially like um, I said in my essay, it's kind of similar to like Shadow of the Colossus. Like the focus is on the boss fights, and they're they're somewhat like puzzle-like in their nature, and you kind of have to like go through them a couple times sometimes to kind of figure out um, how to beat them. And so it's just a whole bunch of bosses. There's occasional like in between uh, platforming sections, but they kind of even treat the platforming sections similarly to a boss. Like there's a progress bar and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, Cuphead's really good. It's uh, it's very punishing. Um, so if you are looking for like a good time and you just want to go relax, this is not the game for that. Um, but if you're looking for essentially, it's like almost like a. <clears throat> How how would you say blessing the dark souls of platformers? Oh God! Wait, did I tell? <laughs> wait, did I tell you to say that in your review? Was that yes. one of the things? That, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kidding. Like, I would people, never say people that. People hate that comparison, which is why I like saying it. Oh yeah, I'm totally people. kidding. I, I, I always like. reference the Mega sixty four thing where it's the, them freaking out and like crying. They're like, "It's the dark souls of blah." Like it's like they're just <laughs> saying everything is the dark yeah. souls of something. Um, yeah. I've heard from a lot of people that it's like contra, like the original. Yeah, that was actually yep. in the difficulty. reference I was gonna make. Yeah, so it actually differs. So the original Contra, um, it's very similar to Cuphead, but in the original Contra, all of the boss sequences are like pre-set in stone. So like nothing changes in the boss fights. And so you can go in and just, you can learn to cheese it or you can, um, you know, you can just kind of memorize it. But in Cuphead, they like throw just different, like the boss fights, like parts of their sequence will even go in different orders. So like if you're fighting, like um, there's like two frogs that you fight and they each have their own set of moves. Street fighter frogs. Yeah. And occasionally they'll actually switch the order in which they attack little things like that. Uh, So it differs from Contra in that way, but it's very, yeah, you're right on the ball. Like right, right in that kind of play style is where it finds itself. It reminds me just now. I don't know why I never made the comparison, but it reminds me of like metal slug. Yeah, yeah. Metal Slug's really good. Yeah, I love that game. Played it all the time in the arcade. We actually had a Metal Slug cabinet in my living room for a couple years. Hmm. That's really awesome. That's Metal Metal Slug Three is one of my favorite games. Um, One of my favorite arcade games. Uh, But yeah, so it's like if you like those old games, it's like that. Like those games are pretty hard. And uh, so if you like those games, you'll be right at home. Obviously, it looks way different. Um, I would say it's, I don't know. I really love the aesthetic of Metal Slug, but I think this looks way better than a Contra does. Um, I mean, obviously, like we're like 20 years 
past, but it's honestly probably one of the best looking games. I've oh ever yeah, seen. like yeah. they they killed the animation. It's almost this it's up there with like inside for, for like, like subtle animation. What do you say? I said this year, like for style, is like probably one of my favorite years for video games. Oh like, yeah, between, without a doubt. Between Persona, be- between Persona and this, like these are like crazy opposite ends of yeah. the spectrum. Even obviously. like Absolver and like Pyre and stuff like that. Oh my god, Py- Pyre too! Like the art in that. Like this year is just like this feels like almost like the Renaissance for video games. Like mm-hmm. yeah. there's so many different games coming out with such unique and varied styles. Like. Yeah, Ugh. like even like um, her- even Horizon has a style to it that like that's like pretty sick and slick, and like uh, Zelda is another one where Zelda I I compare that game to a Miyazaki movie. Like it's Skyrim mixed with Miyazaki is how I look at Zelda. Um, I mean, in the way it's, it's I mean, it is. You're completely yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Like Cuphead, I think it it's funny because like, and we'll talk about this later because like one of our topics is like Game of the Year and how we're gonna do Game of the Year at OKBs. And like I think one of the we have like a we have a a, a Google Doc right where we like have like a bunch of categories uh, for like planning out planning out game of the year and one of the categories is like best style and it's weird because like man comparing like Cuphead to like essentially like anything else like comparing Cuphead <laughs> to like Pyre and it's like dude like the I mean you nailed it where like we we're in this year where everything seems to just be like murdering it in terms of like visual in terms of everything but also like specifically in terms of visual aesthetic and like cuphead itself is looks crazy because it looks exactly like a cartoon and we have south park coming up too which is doing the exact same thing yeah. for its own thing um but yeah cuphead like looks like looks i mean it looks better than cartoons and then the like the cartoons that it's spoofing right which also kind of serves as a challenge because you don't want to look too good because then like it takes you out of it a bit but they they nail it in terms of like the little intricacies of the I don't know what it's called like the screen fog like the the uh, the stuff that pops up on like the 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 dirtiness I guess is a way I can call it. like the the stuff that pops yeah. up on your screen as you're playing and like the the way the characters sound where they're talking and they sound super compressed and super like like the the voices of some of the characters don't sound like actual voices like it it. it it emulates what it's going for so well. It all sounds like it's coming out of like a really old and busted radio. Yeah. Yeah. And like it's, it's, it's Cuphead is so good that I'm like, man, this game, this, this, this game could be racist and it could be okay. It's the dark souls of platformers. Oh my God. Sure. Why not? It's the dark souls of racist platformers. Racist platformers. Yeah. How far, how far are you in Cuphead? Um, I am, I think I'm, Almost to World 2, or I might be at World 2. Um, I'm, like, on one of the little side missions, so it's hard to say. Sometimes those, like, the little side missions, like, sap the energy out of me because I feel like I could be putting so much more time into, like, fighting an actual boss. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, when I get to those moments in the game, it's like, oh, here's another run-and-gun part. Like, that is, I would say, the weakest part of the game by far. Um, mm-hmm. I would say those moments are still, like, there's some there's some good moments in them, Um but just overall, I think they do kind of they kind of like bring things to a bit of a halt. Uh, also, apparently, I'm in the middle of a tornado, so if uh, if I disappear, I'm dead. Um, send help. But uh, yeah, hmm. yeah. The cup. The I love the gameplay of it because it reminds me even more of a fighting game in the way that it's structured. Like how the so? Game has so like. Of course, it's, it's like a boss rush game, so you do have like that one-on-one aspect for a lot of it, or like one-on-two, like depending on what the boss is. But like yeah. you have like this one uh, kind of repeated obstacle that you're facing, 
and then also it, it it adopts like a lot of like fighting game terminology ter- terminology mechanics of like the meter that you can kind of build up to like use your like super yeah super stuff. critical arts and stuff like that yeah 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 that and then like the uh, the movement and like the dashing and like the uh, I don't know like com- sort sort of the way you you interact with it, with with this boss kind of reminds me of like playing playing a fight fighting game a little bit. Um, and I really like the gameplay because of that, because it, it does seem more in, intimate since it's more about the boss bosses than the platforming. Like the platforming, I think is, I agree with Alex that it, that's not, it's not its strong suit. Like I think yeah. the platforming is like fine. Um, and you know what? Like before this game came out, I was actually expecting the platforming to be worse because like when they originally, when they originally pitched the game, like they pitched it as like, well, their their original idea was like a boss rush game, and they're making Cuphead as purely bosses. But when they pitched it and advertised it, I think that they kind of slipped up and didn't make that explicit enough. And so when people saw the game, they're like, "Oh, this is gonna be like an awesome platformer." And then they're like, "Oh, well, this is actually like a boss rush game." And then people were like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. Um, and so they kind of. I'd say like, it's suitable though. Like those parts, it's just definitely yeah. not the strong suit. I mean, yeah, that, like, isn't that part don't... of the game what actually made the company almost bankrupt? Like, I th- I read some article recently that, <clears throat> like, I think the our title of the article was, like, the dangers of of changing your original vision. And, like, the reason why Cuphead didn't come out so, like, years earlier is because they had to add in all the other things, like the overworld or and, like, these, like, run-and-gun missions, the shop and yeah. all that, because people wanted it. And, like, apparently that almost drove their company... No, it did drive their company almost into bankruptcy. And they had to take out a second mortgage on their house and stuff like that. Like, if this game wasn't successful... Yeah, like, there's a whole article about it. And, like, Mm -hmm. I think it was either an article specifically about how how stressful and about how dangerous making art in the modern day is. Or it was, like, an interview that someone took those interview snippets from and then wrote a separate article from. But... I read that and I was like, wow, that's crazy. Like the fact that yeah. like, like you say things on the internet all the time, right? Like, oh, like I wish this game had more of X or this game had more of Y or whatever. And then you realize that like people are taking your criticism seriously and then like having to take out second mortgages on their house so they can build the second part of the game that they didn't like intend to make, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Ian, can you talk to me about what you've been up to this week? So I've been up to a lot of things, I guess gaming wise. There's so many games out that I've, like, experienced this for the first time, and it's game paralysis. Like, I play, like, five minutes of something, and then I'm like, no, I need to play something else. Then I play five minutes of something, and I have to play something else. And mm-hmm. I've, like, never experienced this in my life. Have, have you guys ever experienced this or no? Oh, all the time. Um, and I think it's especially so, like, if you're busy in life, you're like, man, I only have a certain amount of time to play this. What am I going to play? And then you're just like, I didn't play anything. I feel like since destiny is over for me now until i do the raid like like i usually jump from like one game to the next game to the next game but like i've been trying to beat mario rabbits for forever that game keeps on going on like yeah. i just got monster hunter stories and i love that game so far like there's so many games that i want to play and i feel like i'm not giving enough attention to any of them stardew just came out like yeah. oxen free just came out and i never played that like yeah, and we have a lot of questions about that here. kind of thing because, like, in fact, I'll re- we have a lot of questions, so I might sprinkle a couple throughout this show okay. um, instead of waiting till the end for all of them. But, like, one of the questions here is, like, um, crap, where is it? What are you well, guys anyway, doing yeah. to... Oh, go on. Oh, yeah, Shawdaki, um Eli uh, asks, what are you guys doing to prepare for 2017, for the 2017 game apocalypse starting this month? And that kind of piggybacks off what you're saying, that, is that, like, so many... St- so many games and so many like even entertainment stuff like not even just games are coming out starting this month 
Yeah. Uh, and it seems like nonstop. Like I just pre-ordered Shadow of War. Um, and mm-hmm. like, and like, I've been playing this last week. I'm playing Golf Story, and Golf Story. I was thinking it was gonna be like a four, five, six, seven, eight hour game. I'm 17 hours into this stupid game. I mean, that's <laughs> in, a lo- in a lovingly way because I love it. No I'm way. Sem- I'm 17 hours into this game, and like, I probably still have like a quarter left of it, and so it's probably gonna be like 25 Jesus. hours before I'm fully done with it. Yeah, and like, I'm loving it because it's a great, it's a great game. I um, love Golf the, Story. Yeah, yeah, the, the stuff that's there is awesome. But I'm like, dude, like. Next week, I'm getting uh, Shadow of War, which is uh, per- uh, apparently, like, 30 hours long, which is, like, a lot longer than the first Shadow of Mordor. Huh. And, like, the week after that is South Park uh, Fractured But Whole, which is also, like, another RPG, but hopefully it'll be, like, 10 hours long and not, like, as long as these, like, long, long games. And then the week after that is Mario Odyssey. And then, like, sprinkled in there uh. is stuff like Hidden Agenda and, like... Uh, I think there's like one or two other games that I'm forgetting that I, w- I want to play, and I'm like, dude, how? There's no way for me to keep up with all this. Not yeah. to mention like Stranger Things. Um, I'm binging like BoJack Horseman right now. I just got done watching American Vandal. Like, there's so many stuff, so many things coming out uh, so, that I'm trying to keep up with. That is crazy. So yeah. I, so here's what I ended up doing. Right, is like at the beginning of this month, like before I even left for for America, I said, all right, I'm, I have. Mario and Rabbids, I'm going to beat Mario and Rabbids. And then, like, that is, like, my go-to game. And then, like, these other games I'll play for, like, a few minutes. Like, for example, Stardew came out, and I wanted to give my thoughts on it here. So I bought it, and I played it for a few minutes. And then, like, I, I realized that I need more time with it. But I, I bought it, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's going to be my go-to thing, is that I have one game that I'm dedicating, like, the majority of my time to. And then, like, other games that I'm going to start to play. And, yeah. and then eventually, when I'm done with Mario and Rabbids, that will be replaced with, like, Monster Hunter Stories or, like, or more Destiny or whatever. So I have, like, yeah. the main game, the side games that, like, I need to get my thoughts on. And then just going to, like, push – once the main game is over, push that into a new thing, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel so, you. Yeah. But speaking of games that I'm really enjoying so far, like, guys, Monster Hunter Stories is probably the best Pokemon game you'll ever play. Yeah? Yeah. Really? Like, it's – amazing like and that's that's like no like i've been a pokemon game yeah it's on the ds yeah but like the thing that's interesting about it i think again this is not not hyperbole like i played every single pokemon game and like i have enjoyed them but i feel like one of my biggest problems and i think one of my first articles on okay beast was about how pokemon is like Mm -hmm. kind of it, it they go away from doing things that are too new um but the thing I liked about Pokemon Sun is that there were so many new things that they introduced, but I still feel like it wasn't enough. Monster Hunter Stories does this amazing thing where, like, they have, like, all these mechanical nuances. There's still a bunch of monsters to catch, obviously. Yeah. Um, you can ride them. Each of them has their own abilities in this overworld that you need. Like, you need to collect different monsters to make sure that you have these different abilities to traverse the overworld. Um, they still have abilities like normal Pokemon, but the catch is, is that you don't always control them. So oh, that's it's cool. You, yeah, so it's you and um, it's you and your monster against another monster or group of monsters. So you always control what attack you do. But then the only way you can control your monster is if you give up some of your meter, which is called like kinship meter. And the only way that you do you gain kinship is if you do moves that are the same as your monster. So it's like these rock, paper, scissor icons where it's power, speed and technique. And if mm-hmm. you do the same move as your monster or if you defeat monsters, you gain this meter called kinship. <clears throat> and then you can use that meter to either do a super move that is unique to that monster, or you can use that to do specific moves. Like, for example, if a monster is weak to a fireball, you can choose specifically a fireball because so, because you know they have a type disadvantage. Yeah. Um, and the characters are really cute. 
Uh, there's tons of like armor and weapons to collect and stuff, and it's just it's it's great. It's an awesome game. That's really cool. Yeah, nice man. Uh, I'm trying to think what about other shit that I've done you? this this week. Um, I started watching Channel Zero on Sci-Fi. Um, do you do you guys like horror at all or no? Eh, eh no. I don't dislike horror. It scares so, me. <laughs> it's scary. <laughs> interesting. Um, so I guess if you like horror movies, I would say check out Channel Zero because it's a short, like mini series slash like I think they, uh, there's only six episodes. Oh okay. Um, yeah, so I'm pretty sure it's pretty short. But the whole Max concept Landis is, joint. Yeah, and yeah, so that's that's one of the reasons why I was talking about it is that Max Landis is one of the executive producers, and I'm about to sneeze. So one second. Bless you. A <laughs> hey. nice. Get those demons um, out. Dab on them haters. Thanks. Um. So. When I heard about that, I was like, okay, let me check this out. And apparently the concept is is that they take, like, popular horror stories from the internet and then make them into series. Like, so season one is a creepypasta story called um, Something Cove. I forget what it's called now. Um, let's see, now I gotta look it up. But Something Cove. It's, like, it's supposed to be, like, horror name Cove. And it's based off of the again, the creepypasta thing, but it's like apparently a TV show that only some people can see kind of like persona four actually. Mm-hmm. And this, um, Oh, it's called candle Cove. There. So candle Cove. So then this TV show like does things to people and like, there's an entity associated with it. Uh, and the thing that I would describe it as, is it's kind of like, uh, it combined with the, uh, the grudge. If you're into horror movies like that and yeah, it's really well done. And I really liked it. Awesome. Nice man. Yeah. Awesome. Anything else? Um, I start. I learned how to brew my own coffee. Yuri on Ice is probably one of my favorite any, new anime because of how intelligently it's written. And I was on Witty Banter this week, Chase Williams podcast. Hey, shout out to Witty Banter. I love those guys. Yeah, Chase Williams awesome. is a low key, high key genius. And so, if you haven't checked out Witty Banter, go ahead and check that out. Check out Ian's episode. What do you guys talk about? Anything? Uh, we talked about anime, Japan, stuff like that. Nice. Yeah. Speaking of anime in Japan, I watched all of Neo Yokio in like a day. Uh, well, that's like two days uh, this week. That's one thing I did. And I really liked that cartoon, that anime. I watched it not knowing that a lot of people disliked that that show. And so like I went into a oh, blind thing. NATO like, and Ian trash on it this week in A Plus Anime. Oh, for real? Which is up, by the I, way. I just published it. I, I, don't, I don't trash on it. I actually say the first episode like is... You're right. Good. I'm sorry. Nato trashes on it. I don't understand. I don't understand people's take on that show. Cause like I so, so like I watched. It is it one of the worst knowing. anime of all time. Really, really interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm about to like have Nato hit me up because like I I watched it and I'll mean not having any prior knowledge other than the Toblerone mean meme, which I saw and I was like, oh, that's hilarious. I'm gonna go watch <laughs> this show because this show seems hilarious. Yeah. I watched it and I was like, oh, this show is awesome. Uh, not awesome in the sense that like it's not like it's it's very far from like you know top five or like it's not it's not one it's not going to be remembered as one of the great anime by any means like it is very much like a you're going to watch it and you're going to forget about it yeah um, but like from what I like from what I watched it very, it seemed to me be like a show that is self aware that it is not a good show like it doesn't seem like a show that's it it seems like it's trying to be bad for the purpose of comedy. Like, it's trying to be comedically comedically bad, if that makes sense. And also seems to me like it's trying to, at the same time, uh, tribute, like, 
older anime. And I tried to explain this to Ian before, but I was having a tough time because like I couldn't figure out and the then way you said, to word I, it the word made sense. Then you said I give up. You're too stupid to understand my argument. Goodbye. Oh, I didn't say that. I said I, I said I'm done defending the stupid anime. <laughs> it's actually okay. it's bad. Actually, he's like I'm going. To I bed. was so mad because like we kept going in circles, and I was like, no, it's this, 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 and you're like, oh, so it's this, and I was like, no, it's this, and you're like, so it's this, and I'm like, no, it's... and then like after like the fifth time, I was just like, I was done. I was like, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to bed. I can't do this anymore. Um. You stupid, you stupid asshole. I'm going to bed. <laughs> I didn't call you stupid. I was, I called the anime stupid. Why don't you just go like, die? Bless, yeah, why don't you just go to bed? Verbally in our group chat. Mm-hmm. I, I abuse everyone. Who do I, who do I not abuse verbally in the group chat? That is, that is I, true. I, I abuse Moises the most. The, uh, the ongoing meme of we need an HR department because we copy pasta your things and post them on Twitter with no context. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, but no, I, I don't know. I watched the first episode of Neo Yokio and like I, I, I like you was going into it with like little to no expectations like i had seen videos saying like how bad it was and i was like it can't possibly be as bad as everyone thinks and i watched the first episode and i was like you know what if this episode was just this episode i would be completely fine with it because they introduce an interesting world like i obviously the voice acting isn't that good like the oh yeah jaden smith's voice acting is horrible but i think i (laughs) I think that was nato's main main gripe with it too his voice acting is so bad that it's good like I don't know if they know that it's that I don't know if they know what they're doing. But my dude, this is the Netflix show, not doing. a Childish Gambino mixtape where you can just talk, looking the thing, at the stars yeah. up here. The, the, I'm the to be thing emotional. is, is that like I, I jokingly was talking to NATO about it, and I was like, I'm gonna try and watch it with Japanese audio and see if I don't get mad about the the dubbing. And uh, I think d- that what happened was no. What I think what happened was is that they animated it for the japanese vo and that's why the vo sounds off because when i watched mm. it in japanese i was like oh this actually the, the sync is fine yeah but mm. when you watch it with jaden smith's voice it's just like completely off sometimes and isn't it like produced like by americans though or is it's it like produced a- by netflix animated by a korean studio and then also like oh, um the animation direction was like directed by japanese people so yeah no i don't know it just seems like a weird ass show and like I, I didn't get some of the jokes, and I feel like half the jokes they were trying to do were, like, really weird. Like, half the characters seem like they're from a completely different show. Like, Desus and Mero <laughs> play two characters, and I feel like they're supposed to be from the oh, Boondocks. Like they're so good. Yeah, Those but, characters like, are so good. Yeah, like these old money, these old money fuckboys is in the is like a is like the second sentence in the episode. But like again, like he's talking like he's from Brooklyn, and then Jaden Smith is like, Yeah, I guess yeah. this is how it's gonna be. And I'm like I can't tell if you're playing this up or this is actually what you're trying to do. Like, that's the th- yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Like, because I watched it and I'm like, they have to know. Like, they have they have to be doing this on purpose because like Jane Smith, like Jane Smith's character, I think is like actually like depressed and like sad and stuff. Yeah, I mean, and the first like, episode he says, "I don't know if you know this, but I've been depressed, and that's why I haven't <laughs> been able to go to field hockey." Yeah, and like he's when you hear him talk, he sounds like the most depressing character on earth because he's, he's like so monotone and so like he's he's like. Yeah, I'm gonna go play tennis, and it's like. But but the thing I, is, the way you did it was way better than even he does it. He like does it with no emotion to yeah, it, and it's, play it's tennis. Yeah, it, it, it's ironic that his bu- robot butler character, voiced by Jude Law, has better VO and more emotionally <laughs> evocative VO than him. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm laughing right now because the things that can I spoil Neo Yokio? Would you care at all? I don't. Everything that I've heard is like, it's about <laughs> nothing. Like it's like Seinfeld. Like 
yeah like none of the things matter it is like like i, I think i described to you like yeah it's basically seinfeld the anime i'm gonna spoil like a, a part of neo but Neo-Kyo but there's already but there's already an anime that's like seinfeld and that's gintama like there's already a japanese thing I, I are they trying to be like gintama i don't know anymore i haven't seen that's i don't the watch problem anime, with... so I, have, I like context but there's a there's a part where like in, like the fourth episode where uh the uh the what, what happened Oh no! The like the mech shows up right to the pool party because like the mech has been like uh, ignored throughout the whole episode and his battery has been dying right. And the mech shows up to this pool party that uh the main character's at, and it's an actual person with like the mech outfit with him. And he's like, "Wait, you're a real person?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm a mechs aren't <laughs> mechs have people in them like mechs aren't robots." And like that part killed me like i i never laughed Wait, so hard what the like the what robot, the, the mech butler that you're like oh this is a mech the whole time or the, you think it's like an automated robot the whole time like late in the season you learn is an actual person inside that robot and i'm like what are y'all doing in this show like like there's so many com- great like comedic moments in that show that i feel like are probably like i feel like they're overlooked because the show i mean the show is about nothing and there's like nothing really that matters in the show, which I feel like is also part of the show, but I also feel like I might be giving it too much credit. Like, yeah, and that's the problem yeah. is that I feel like as the anime person, I have to be the one who steps in and says like, "Hey, listen, bless, this isn't as good as you think it is. Like, watch this other thing." But you refuse to watch anything with subtitles, so that eliminates like ninety five percent of the anime that I watch. So like, yeah, but I, I don't know. I feel like this show from that first episode, I feel like it has potential, but everything that I've been hearing from people is that it takes that potential and just nose dives into absolutely nothing. Yeah, it doesn't. It it that is like one of the things about the show is that nothing happens in that show. Like nothing of importance happens in that show. Like things happen, but none, nothing happens that you're like, oh, this is this changes everything. Like the like the mech thing was just like another like Seinfeld thing of like the next episode doesn't matter. That <laughs> like there's a real person inside that mech mech suit. And like another thing that was bothering me that I saw with a video right is that in this video they were saying that Ezra Koenig, the creator, who's the Vampire Weekend guy and Jaden Smith talk openly about their creation of the show. And, like, the things that they're saying go completely against what you're trying to say and what other people have been saying is so deep about the show. People are like, oh, you know, everyone has, like, these different colored hair because they're trying to spoof anime and they're trying to spoof, like, the the prototypical Japanese anime character. But then in an an interview, Ezra Koenig is like, no, we gave this character pink hair because because Jaden likes pink, and then we gave this character blue hair because Katy Perry had blue hair when we were producing the show, and then people are like, oh. That's some, like, odd future type stuff. Like, that strikes me as the way, like, you hear Tyler Creator in interviews, right, where, like, before his album Wolf came out, he he had an interview with Sway in the Morning where he was like, oh, yeah, man, this album, like, this, the album really means nothing, or, like, the album sucks, and he he says these things about the album that, like, I, I, I feel like that I had to watch these interviews to get context, but, like, I feel like it's possible that they're saying these things just to, like, hype up the fact that, like, when I watch this this cartoon or this anime or whatever, I'm just, like, this anime means they're doing... It it, it, it seems pur- uh, purposely self-aware that it's a, like, bad production, but purposely trying to be that way. And, Blessing. Like, wh- them- what's it going to take for me to, to make you realize it's bad? Literally, the creators I- are like, nah, dog, we just chose the colors and this stuff just because, I don't know, because... But when you, when you say, like, oh, yeah, we just chose blue hair because of Katy Perry, that tells me that you know, like, you... I, they have to... If, if that's what they say, then that then they then they know, because nobody does that... Nobody with a brain does that, like, sanely. And You're like, talking oh, yeah, about the guy, Jaden Smith, who said, like, if, if our eyes Jayden aren't Smith's real, then how do we genius. know... He's a low-key genius. Nobody, people He's don't pay not. attention to Jaden Smith. 
I really Jeans? don't think he is. I think that he got a really lucky break because his dad is the most popular black celebrity to ever live. And then he just so happens to be someone who likes the internet. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that he's... I, I'm not denying that he has some raw talent inside of him. I'm not denying that he is someone who has artistic ability. But the fact that he is Will Smith's son, like will never escape my mind when it comes to anything he, he creates. And also his, like, Mimi perso- personality, I can never take him seriously. Like, yeah. But that, yeah. Like, I mean, Blessing, I also if think you that, were the son that helps of, uplift you, the if, show. If, I guess, but if me. you were the son of Will Smith, no matter what you created, I guess maybe that's, like, the whole point. But then again, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I mean, they the, just... <sighs> you can say this for anybody's son, though. Like, Or not anybody's son, sorry. You can say that for, like, like no matter what Jaden Smith uh, does... Like you can still you can still kind of say that for him. Um, uh, Alex is leaving because he says he thinks his apartment is on fire. Godspeed. Um, he'll be back. Uh, but I, f- I I feel like if you say that for that I don't feel like this, that doesn't discount the actual anime. Like I feel like I don't know. I I I, I don't know. Well, I mean, half the time I, in Hollywood they say it's who you know, right? Like they say that mm-hmm. like Max Landis especially is someone who says like there's no real stars anymore. Like Will Smith is one of those stars that really has power in the industry right so to be the son of that person and to have like n- nearly unlimited money because you know will smith's family has but does, money does that mean that you and, can't can, and make unlimited connections I'm, I'm just saying that 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 makes me question it right as opposed mm-hmm. to someone who is like nolan north right or like max nittleman these people who have worked in the voice acting like business for years have grinded every single day when a product comes out like for example when max is is voicing ryuji in persona 5 mm-hmm. i know that that guy or like uh, ashley birch or like these other voice actors or these other creators, I know that they busted their ass every single day to make these things because because that's they came from nothing, right? When I yeah. see someone like Jaden Smith get a show, a VO role, do it poorly, and I know that the reason why he is in that role is because of his connections, I'm like, like why couldn't we get literally anybody else in here? Like even yeah, Jude Jane, Law, Jane, even Jane Jude Smith, Law, though, the other people, people, people in people that, do love Jaden Smith though. Like Jaden Smith oh, is an icon I'm not, for people. I'm not denying that people oh, love yeah. him. I'm I'm just denying his. But I'm saying like if his appeal, I don't. It, I'm saying that strikes that, like, me as, he hasn't as like worked hard as the other, or maybe he has worked hard. I don't know. But what I'm saying is well, that like I know for a fact that people in the VO industry, if I was a voice actor, if I was Nolan North, if I was again, I'm using Nolan North as an example, but like if I was anyone, like again, Max Max Nittleman is another example who voices the main character of One Punch Man. Like this, this actor or these actors work their asses off and to see mm-hmm. Jaden Smith just come in and get a show greenlit on Netflix for uh, assuming like a bunch of money and do VO and then do it poorly, whether for a joke or not. Like, mm. I don't think you know that matters I mean? though. Like, because if you ma- I'm Destiny saying it matters one, to me. I'm saying it matters yeah. to me. Well, in destiny one, like the ghost was voiced by, uh, uh, Peter Dinklage. Right. And like, you see in like Metal Gear solid five, like snake was voiced by Kiefer Sutherland. Nothing, neither of those guys are like voice actors, but they're picked because of their celebrity, right? And, and I'm like, saying that, to me, well, I'm saying this mm-hmm. is different for this show just because we should stop talking about the show because we, we don't yeah, want to give we, it any more time a day. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying I'm just frustrated by that. I want other voice actors to get more work. I don't want Jaden Smith to get any more money. I feel you. I mean, I, I like Jaden Smith, but I feel I feel what you're saying there. I feel I feel, I feel that from a personal uh, perspective. Uh should I get into what I... Oh, no, I am, I'm in the middle of what I've been dumped to this week. So I watched New Yokio. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I watched um, American Vandal, which is a really great... Have either of you guys watched American Vandal? No. Is that no. Do, is the premise really about a kid who's spray-painted dicks on people? Or on cars? Uh, I mean, <laughs> not on people. It's, 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 <laughs> it's not exactly people. But it's a... Uh, yeah, the premise is... 
I don't want to talk much about it without because I feel like to talk about it is to spoil it. But essentially, it's some it's it's a mockumentary. It's kind of making that's kind of like taken after uh, like how how to uh, how to make a murder or whatever on Netflix. Okay, or making a murder. I forget what it's called. Um, and yeah, it's like essentially like the, it takes place in the school. Okay, um, but if you guys watch it, I want to do a spoiler cast sometimes because it's really good. If you haven't if you haven't seen it, uh, check it out. It's on Netflix. Um, watch that. I also. I I booted up Nier because the last time I played Nier was in May, and I got stuck at a boss. Actually, that's not true. Last time I played Nier, Nier was probably in like June, but I got stuck at a boss, and I didn't. I was too lazy to like power through that boss because yeah. I played that boss like probably like ten times, and so like I just had the thought randomly this week that I was like, you know what? What if I just switch it to easy mode, which I never do for any game, um, and so I did that. Turns out, if you switch near to easy mode, the game essentially plays itself. If you have like your the correct chips, um, really uh, attached, yeah. And so like, I got to a point where I just put the controller down, and all this stuff was just happening on the screen before me, and I was like, Jesus, like, this is like low key awesome um, that it does that. And so like, I played a little bit of near, discovered that, and I'm probably gonna beat near now. Now that I know that, um, just by watching instead of actually playing it. Uh, that was the thing I did this week. Also, uh, I played a lot of Golf Story, and that's what I spent actually most of my week doing. Like I said earlier, I played, I'm like 17 hours into the game. I That game is amazing, like definitely like one of my favorite games of the year. And like I talked about it a bit last week, like a little bit last week. Um, and I just like reiterate this week that like that game is crazy. Like how, <laughs> how far are you guys in Golf Story? Um, I am, I believe I'm... <sighs> five or six hours in um i've beaten the first two worlds um and like i've been coached by the coach now and i am kind of on my way to like you know the next world i think Mm -hmm. Um, yeah i'm on the second world as well i think i just unlocked the soda bar if that means anything what spoilers (laughs) i I really like the game so far it's Mm -hmm. i didn't think i was gonna like it this much uh just because i was like oh it's a it's a simple golf game you know um but it's so good it come it comes out of left field with its humor yes and like its personality it's really like, I well think that's written. like my my biggest takeaway from that game is that it has a charm that you do not see from like a lot of games mm-hmm. like it does it, it and i think i touched on this on my in my undertale video that i did last month uh, like and this is similar because this game i feel like gets a lot of influences from earthbound in the way it's uh presented yeah um in its personality like this game seems like a game that's just like, hey, we're just here to have fun and chill yeah. and like present like a cool story. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I, I use cool in a loose way because the, the story itself is pretty nonsensical. Like it's golf story is for sure a comedy over anything else. Like it's not a drama. It's not like there's a through there's a through line, but most of the story exists just to like make you either laugh or just to entertain you. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like it has like a weird. It it mixes gameplay and uh, the quest system in a very interesting way. To where like the game, I've, I think the game, the name Golf Story for the game is a perfect name because the game is like half golf, half story. Like story is a large like story and quests and completing activities is a very large part of the game. And like the other part of the game is golf. Yeah. Um. And so like I feel like there. The one thing I wish the game had more was, like, you actually playing nine holes or 18 holes. Like, I wish the golf aspect of the game was stronger. Mm-hmm. But, like, 
the story stuff and like the the stuff that's not golf is still entertaining enough and like the way it involves golf elements into like solving problems and issues in uh quests it's, it's pretty pretty awesome and so i want to give a shout out to ch- another shout out to golf story now that i'm further in and now that i'm more confident in this game i can say that, like yo this isn't actually like a, a great game yeah yeah so that's what I, that's pretty much what i've been up to uh alex real quick what have you been up to um i've been like uh, i've been playing golf story like you really enjoy that game like you said came out of left field i I was expecting to put in i was expecting like make it through the first world and be like okay yeah i get this game uh it's even to the point where i haven't bought stardew valley yet on switch because i don't want to not finish golf story because i feel like those games are very similar in like just their their tone i feel like they're both like great looking pixel art games they're both like light-hearted and I don't want to like replace one with the other. Like I want to really appreciate both. So I'm trying to beat Golf Story um, this weekend, and then I'm going to hop into Stardew. But I've been playing that. I've been playing Cuphead, like we talked about earlier. Um, and I've been I've jumped into Game of Thrones officially. Um, and I'm I started about a, I think a week ago today. Started watching the show. I'm at the end of season two. I think I just finished the season finale. Um, and I am really loving it so far. Uh, I'm, yeah, that, I mean, I was, I, I, I knew that if I watched that show, I would like it. It was just, I, there's some things in that show that I wasn't really sure if I wanted to like really be a part of, like a lot of the rape and stuff. Uh, I just don't really mm-hmm. like that kind of I, stuff. I want, you in to, shows. I want you to be aware that you don't have to participate. <laughs> I mean, sorry, I used the wrong the words. <laughs> I didn't want to subject myself to that uh, okay, initially. Okay. I use the wrong word. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm both, just messing with you, buddy. I love uh, you. <laughs> I, I didn't want to participate in that uh, those devious acts. Um, yeah. No, so, stop but Dragon I died because I just was. I didn't want to participate in the spirit bomb. I don't really feel like that aligns with my political views. <laughs> Alex watches. He watches one episode of Dexter. And oh all my god! Goes out and just murders a bunch of people. <laughs> GTA makes me violent. Um, too yeah too. uh so yeah i dived into that show i'm really enjoying it um so i'm i'm excited to see where it goes i know some spoilers but for the most part i don't know like when they happen or really who they happen to i just kind of have general ideas like i know the term red wedding is a thing and i know that there's stuff that happens at that thing but i don't know who it happens to so i'm just trying to navigate as spoiler free as possible now uh really enjoying that and then i I drove to Denver today to to meet lunch with a friend and um, to sell him something. And I okay, <laughs> go on, and, go on. No, I sold him a video game, and I listened oh. to the Zelda Breath. It was like is an hour a, drive. Is that, a, is that a code for crystal meth? <laughs> I listened to the Zelda Breath of the Wild soundtrack the entire way there, um, and just spaced out, jamming to it, um, and it's really Dude. good. I was trying to that's, I was trying to continue the drug joke. Uh but no, Zelda Breath of the Wild like the soundtrack is incredible. Um and I've listened to it before. It just does so much. Um, What's your favorite soundtrack this year so far? Uh Breath of the Wild by far. Mm. Um I want to do an essay. Like I know we've done an essay on soundtracks this year. I want to do an essay just on like the Zelda soundtrack because it does so many interesting things with uh like the sounds and there's a, that that tr- that soundtrack is filled with like just noise, not even notes. Um, and it all works really well together. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm love yeah. that. I love that soundtrack. Uh, it's by far the best soundtrack this year, in my opinion. I'm conflicted between Near. that soundtrack 
yeah, near near soundtrack is so good. Uh, no, not Persona anymore. No. I think near. I just that think Zelda's and, uh, soundtrack is masterful and like super adaptive. Like you could paste yeah. that soundtrack over top of Miyazaki movie, and it would just fit the whole time. Like, and I think it's going for that kind of tone through the story as well. Like, not the story through the through the general game as well. Like the feel. Like we talked about in Breath of the Wild, which was our you know our Zelda podcast, like five six months ago. We said the game was like oozing with Miyazaki vibes, and I feel like a lot of that is due to the soundtrack. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think I think it's masterful. The soundtrack is super good. My third one was going to be uh, Sonic Mania. Also has a very great soundtrack, but I, I think Breath of the Wild and Nier are the two where like yeah Breath of the Wild just do that thing that you're talking about where it's adaptive and like it's very it's it encompasses the name like Breath of the Wild very well. Oh yeah, very since, airy in the sense that it's like yeah very airy, very like gentle, mm-hmm. and then like if if when you have when you have like and I think I highlighted this in my video earlier this year that like when you have moments like that the giant Hinox monster. Um, like the the soundtrack hits and it's, it's doing that like um uh dang I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of the exact soundtrack but I keep thinking of Earthbound I think yeah. Mother Three uh man I want to say the exact song I can't I can't even think of, think of the song name yeah yeah that one yeah yeah just that one or like when you go to um Kakariko Village and like that music that music plays you're like when you're riding on your horse and does that yeah the dueling pianos yeah yeah it is so good yeah near just does a just does really cool things with vocal sounds and how they play with like vocal samples in in their soundtrack and how like i i can't remember where i mentioned this last but like there's a part in that game where there's a boss battle you get into and like the, the boss battle is basically like a bunch of robots are chanting the words like this will not continue over and over again. Yeah, and then, but it's like, like Cynthia and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's Cynthia. He transitions. It transitions continue. from like the robot saying it into the soundtrack and just blends in the soundtrack to make like this dope song. And I'm just like, dude, what is happening with soundtracks? Like, right before this year, I was kind of like, I was kind of like fed up with like video game soundtracks. Like, I felt like they weren't really innovating anymore. Like, I felt like we've we'd already seen the height of video game soundtracks. This year has flipped that on its head to where like probably most of the games that are released this year have had a fantastic sound like Tekken 7 has a crazy crazy um awesome Destiny soundtrack. 2 has a great soundtrack Destiny 2 yeah the soundtrack of Destiny 2 is amazing like so yeah. this is this is a great year for I mean everything in video games but soundtracks and style yeah and games in general yeah so thing, I have a request real quick what up can I gush for literally one minute about Yuri on Ice it's like in my brain it's so hard <laughs> literally just give me one minute to talk about it Go for, we'll, we'll replace this with the Destiny Minute. Okay. Or replace so, the Destiny Minute with this, I mean. I want to I wanna try and convince you to watch an episode. Okay. So, okay, so Alex and I talked about it already, so he already knows how much I love it. So, I want you to imagine... So, do you know how in anime, sometimes anime fans and, like, girls specifically say, like, oh, I ship this person with this person, and it's usually two boys. Have you ever had mm-hmm. that happen before? So, oh, yeah. So, this show, from the outside looking in, to me, was just two... Like, an anime creator being like, yeah, fine, we'll do an anime about, like, two boys getting together, right? But this show does things so well, and it plays with your expectations so well. And it's going to be the topic of, I think, my next essay. And it's all about how, like, it shows you one thing and then completely show like, gives you the other thing. Hmm. So, I guess, like, one of the reasons why I like it so much is that it plays with your expectations as an anime fan, right? So, for example, there's a scene in the beginning where the main character is crying in the bathroom and he calls his mom and then he hangs up on the phone halfway through and starts crying. 
So from the viewer's perspective, you think, oh, wow, his mom is really mean. His like his parents are very strict on him. Right. But then we learn later in that same episode that his parents are super supportive and it doesn't matter either way. And it turns out that that crying, that emotional, like emotionally relevant scene was all just telling us as viewers that that pressure is all about like him and like himself putting pressure on himself. And like, there are these like layered scenes that are so smart and I want you to watch it and as good English dub. And that's about it. That's all I want to talk about. Nice. That's a good, that's a good way to segue off into the topics. Now I want you guys' opinion. Cause we have two topics, but we don't have to talk about both of them. Okay. Would you guys want to talk since we have, we're pretty deep in the show. So I want to ask you guys, do you guys want to touch on both of the topics and the questions or do you just want to do like topic two and the questions or how do you guys want to go about it? Um, let's do questions and hmm. We can probably touch I mean, on I both of like them. I, I don't think either of them are going to be that long for me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, same for me. I feel like do you want to just talk about topic two real quick because I feel like the answer is pretty obvious. Uh, wait, sorry, Alex, what was it? Wait, what'd you say again? I missed that. I'm finally doing both the topics because I can hit pretty quick. Pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah, let's just zoom uh, through both the topics and get to questions. So topic one uh, is about the the Switch. All right, so <clears throat> six months after its release, um, how are we feeling about the state of the Switch? Do we love it, hate it? Is it is sweaty it booty? Sweaty booty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really I love it. It's, yeah, uh, it's my favorite. It It's my favorite console this generation, and it might be one of my favorite consoles ever. Um and so I'm just excited to see where it goes. I, I I said I was I was ranting and raving that the switch was gonna be fine, and people were like, "Nah, it's doomed, man." And then it came the, the, out. Let me just say the things I worried about are still. I'm not saying just you. I'm just saying everybody okay. in general was like, "There's no third party support, and we're getting like doomed this year." Um, which, granted, that's not to say there's a ton of third party support, but I'm saying what we have is good. I'm excited for what we have. And I can't see, wait to see like where it goes. Like I think that I think I just saw an article the other day. I saw a headline, I should say. I didn't read the article, so uh, you have to fact check it on your own. But I think it said like Nintendo is like increasing uh, production to two million units mm-hmm. a month. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So that's a lot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I love it. Um, one of my favorite consoles, probably ever. Um, we'll see what happens like after the generation's over. But right now, I, I adore it. Yeah, I was just thinking about this today. That like, I feel like the, if Nintendo made anything else but this console, that they'd be in trouble because like this I think console, so too. this like th- like I I was just thinking of like what if they what if they did just do like a another like fully home console that would have like, been a bad would idea. It work? Yeah, like that would have like that would have been horrible if they did, like if they did anything aside from the Switch. I feel like they would have been in trouble. Like the Switch hits this perfect mark of being a portable device that gives it an upper edge above the uh, every other console and then like also it plays games that like are comparable like maybe not like ps like i mean it plays doom apparently and it's gonna have wolfenstein 2 soon and so like it i don't i, I can't really talk about what the power is of the switch compared to like the ps4 and xbox one of course it's weaker but is it weaker by such a significant amount that it isn't getting these games it seems like not um and then like it's it it's just it's it's just this like beautiful thing where you get you get nintendo's um you get the the grunt of nintendo's development right and so like la- last generation you had the wii u and the 3d 3ds kind of splitting yeah uh, nintendo's exclusive games 
And now this generation, I mean, you still have 3DS getting a lot of games, but like soon enough, more and more of the games that would have been going to 3DS are going to be hitting Switch. And it just seems like we're getting this good flow of content. Um, so yeah, like from a hardware perspective, the Switch itself, like the, the unit, it's like near perfect. The games are awesome so far. This is like a great first year. Um, I'm curious about how the ne- how next year is going to look, but so far it's like a great first year. And then from like an infrastructure, like like an online infrastructure, it's pretty bad. But like I'm hoping it gets better. It has the potential to get better, but yeah, right now it's bad. But like, I mean, it's in a great place, and I think Nintendo is in a, is in a great place right now. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I also yeah. agree. I mean, like I feel like these both these questions I have pretty super simple answers for. And the first answer is I love it because it has all the indie games that I wanted to play in the past that I couldn't because I didn't have a PC. Like, and like we were just talking about Stardew Valley and like that game is awesome so far. And then now like Axiom Verge and Oxen Free, like all these games that I wanted to get to because I like missed them at the time. They're perfect for just like portable on the go, like ready to go play. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Let's get to the next topic, which is what makes a game of the year? Uh, and how, and how are we gonna do game of the year here at OKBs? And so let's do this. Let's make this a two parter. So the first part is what makes a game of the year, which is probably be pretty pretty easy. Yeah, I think it has to do something. I'd rather needs to do something. The game, like, are we saying like what makes any game game of the year worthy, or what makes one game the game of the year? Either. Uh, I think I think I'll just go with the any game thing. What makes any game game of the year worthy is just either innovation in some way, like introdu- the introduction of some uh, new mechanic that works really well that we haven't seen before, or like you know a really cool like story thing, or it could be really uh, it could be really anything. Uh, if it innovates in some way that hasn't been done before, I think that's like an automatic like candidate for some sort like some talk at least. Um, and then just like if it does some- if something's really well polished. Um, and is like clearly above like it's like at the top of its class. I think that's another thing. Like I think you can really like make a case for many different examples of what makes a game worthy of it. Um but yeah. So that's like the first part. Yeah. That's kind of exactly give- how I feel. Is that like no matter what, I feel like the biggest thing from us, right, is that OK Beast has so many different opinions. So when we when you ask us what's your game of the year, that like between me, Moises, Brandon, Alex, like everybody like blessing as well. Like we're all gonna give get out of here, blessing. You know I you know <laughs> I'm so referencing you. You, <laughs> you know I'm referencing you. Get out of here. So so we're all gonna give very different titles. And I feel like to each of us it just means like a game that meant a lot to us during this year. Like for example, like I pushed Pyre really hard, like when it first came out for other people to play it, because it, it talks about themes that I feel like other games don't talk about. But like that might not be game of the year for Blessing or for Alex because Maybe Alex really likes, I don't know what game you like this year, like Lawbreak. Halo you probably Four, don't because no one's playing it. Halo Four, whatever. And then Blessing, Blessing might really like Mario Odyssey. So I just feel like it's something that sticks with us for for whatever reason. And I feel like that's what makes a good game of the year something that has emotional weight at the end of the year, something you remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to Sean Capri because I meant to ask this as his question because he also wrote this in as a question. Um, about like what makes a game a game of the year, and so just shout out to Sean Capri real quick. Shout out. Um, whoa, wait. Sean Capri has a son. Does that make Sean Capri, Capri son? Oh. Uh, oh. Do you want me to literally shout oh. Sean's name in my house? Oh. Sean Capri. Oh man. Oh, man. Sean Capri. 
shout out, literally. Bars. Bars. Um, Figuratively. Oh, yeah, my answer. I don't, but I feel like my answer is a bit more <laughs> probably unneedingly. Uh, man, I can't talk today. It's needlessly complicated. Um, That's who you are. That is who I am. I am very needlessly complicated. <laughs> I wasn't joking. Like, when, I, when I when I think of like last year for me, right? Like my person, my personal game of the year was different from the game of the year I pushed for OK Beast. Because like for me, like my game of the year last year was The Last Guardian. Because like I feel like that game, that that game to me meant the most to me as a person. It was my favorite game I played last year. It was um something that I felt was like it transcended the like the video game format as like in a piece of art like it's it's hard to judge that game as like a game itself because like it does so much that like it has like a bad camera and like a lot of people don't like the controls and like there it has flaws about it but like that game as a game and as what it is like like that game kind of transcended that a lot for me and so for me i was like oh this is like the this is my favorite thing that I played this last year, mm-hmm. but I pushed Overwatch because I feel like Overwatch was the best game, yeah, from last year, and so like those those were two different things. Like if you asked me a top ten list for last year, like I guess favorite and best would be two different things. Top, I don't know, like, but uh, for me, what makes a game? When I think traditionally of a game of the year, like what makes a game a game of the year? Uh, yeah. I I mean I agree with you guys in terms of like innovation and like some or does mastery. That, yeah, like mastery or like something that pushes the genre, right? Because like when I think of game of the year nominees for last year, Uncharted Four, right? Like it was it it, it mastered what it was doing, right? Yeah. It's like you can say that game is a ten out of ten game because like it it showed a mastery. It was super polished. It uh, went above and beyond in its presentation, and all that stuff, right? And I still have like some qualms with Uncharted Four in terms of gameplay, but what it did do well, like story and and set pieces and presentation it did so well that it transcended that gameplay like uh, gameplay doesn't matter at that uh, uh, or my gameplay problems i should say didn't really matter that that much yeah uh, for the overall thing or when i think of what was another game of the year nominee um uh doom right like doom is a game that i feel like you, you can put it you can put it up there in that discussion because the gameplay is so solid that like that game not having a, a story that blew my mind not having like characters that like I identified with the gameplay being what it was and being so good and the soundtrack and like the visuals like those three things being so good that it blows everything else out the out of the water puts it up there in that conversation and puts it in the possibility of being game of the year yeah um so like for me game of the, what puts anything in in terms of in the conversation for game of the year I think pretty much any game could be that but it has to exceed um in in what we expect from a, from a game and then for it to, for something to actually win win i think it has to like innovate or be i don't know have enough people that love it i guess in an outlet yeah if we're getting being technical technical about it um i do want to ask though because and I, i'm gonna put this here paul warren asks what do you think of not considering uh pub for a game of the year because of early access what about disqualifying anything with microtransactions which i think is an interesting twist on the question uh, but the first part yeah can i answer the first part because i've put yeah. like 80 hours into PUBG, and it's most certainly going to be on my game of the year list it would be different if that game wasn't like a solidified like thing like if it was still like oh well we're gonna add zombies in two months and uh this part of the game is gonna be completely gone like the game the base game is done right they're just they're adding new maps they're polishing up a couple things 
but for the most part, that game is done. Uh, like I, like I, I think he, they could easily put it on a disc and sell it in a GameStop, uh, and they'd be perfectly fine. Um, well, I to piggyback because I've I've only played PUBG once, mm-hmm. and I watched. I mean, I guess at this point, I watched a lot of people play PUBG. Doesn't that game have a jank though? That like, if it was put on a disc and sold, people would wouldn't be happy with it. Uh, well, I will say the jank that you played. I thought that that game played really bad at PAX. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, also seeing people play. It too. Yeah, I mean, like, there there's a certain jank, but no more than like um, like the crazy frame rate drops in Destiny Two, where like I go down to like 20 frames a second in ball bo- and like fights like frequently. Um, I, I I don't think that it's. I mean, sure, like there are some moments that like I get memory leaks or something, but I think most of the time, like I would. I don't know. I, I'm considering for game of the year. I think that game is done. Uh, it's mm-hmm. like its identity is solidified, um, and it's I've like I've been able to play like 80 hours of it. Like that's a complete game to me, um, or, or at least complete enough to consider it for game of the year. So it'll be on my list. To, to piggyback, because I'm all, I'm of like two minds. Because I think in terms of I, I'm I'm with you in the fact that like it's a game that I can buy and I can play, and like and I I think in in with with that I think that's a good argument and I also think the fact that like as a game right like people flood to that game for a reason and that reason is like the game plays so well like the game the concept of the game the way the game's uh, constructed like all that stuff like the game the actual playing the game is so well and I think if a game plays that well then it can surpass like a lot of the elements that might need need some work yeah but then the I think the only thing that like I'm conflicted by is that like if if Inalic gives PUBG Game of the Year this year, right? Then when the game officially re- releases, is it eligible that year? Yeah. Like what transit? What transitions a game from being a game that's like pre-release to release? I think it just Especially depends if it's on the something outlet. Like PUBG where you can I don't think any outlet's gonna name the same game two times in a row. Like I think if you do it one year, it's out the next. Like I don't think it. I don't know. And also, yeah. I'm talking. Uh, I mean, more like elig- eligibility, eligibility wise, like being like. Cause I, cause you, I feel like in, I, I'm well, I'm once again I'm of two minds with it. Cause you can pay money and play, pay and pay for it. But like, also like if I got a demo of like, uh, uh, I, I can't I can't think of any any example. But if I bought a demo of a game, or if I if I download a demo of a game, and the game was better than anything else I played that year, could that demo then be game of the year? Well, I mean, uh, PUBG isn't a demo; it's a full game. Yeah, uh, and different than also access. I wonder like how many people are going to be like talking about Fortnite for game of the year when that game's still in early access, but it's sold inside of GameStop. Mm-hmm. Like, there's like so many different. I don't know. I, I think I think it does come down to which games we're talking about. Like, I'm not going to say Rust. I would say is ineligible for game of the year. That game is not done. It's clearly not finished. It's it does not know what it is anymore. Um, but I think PUBG. But I feel like if you can buy something, then it's a product. Then you can rate it, right? Like that's kind of. Yeah, and I also think like if I look back at the year, and it depends like what interpretation we're going by. Uh, like I'm not talking about my my favorite game of the year. I'm talking about what is the game of the year. Um, and I'm just talking about th- this is just one interpretation of that. Like what has been the game that everybody has talked about that has dominated everything, including sites like Waypoint who did like daily streams including like steam it was like the number one game sold this year hellblade the number one played game this year like, hellblade hellblade like <laughs> the newest sacrifice player on its battlegrounds also, has like yeah. just crushed this year like i've it's been like the zeitgeist has been all about PUBG. yeah i agree 
But I feel like you could also apply that to something like the Metal Gear Solid 2 demo to where like... Nah, I disagree. Uh, like, really? Because I feel like when, like, when, uh, what was the game? People bought, like, uh, freaking mech game for that game. Oh, um, um, what is it called now? People bought Crackdown for the Halo 4 demo. Shit, what is it yeah. called? But I'm saying that, like, just because, I mean, I'm, things or that Halo are previous can still dominate the conversation. Like, a, like, oh, PT? There, there are, I, 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 PT, for example, and that's also a special case where, like, I don't. I mean, w- would would you put PT up for game of the year? Because I think I might have. Was it like a full if, experience? If I felt that Zone, about that game. It's Zone of the Zone, Enders. Zone of the Enders. Yeah. Yeah. Did did PT like, stand on its own? Like, or was it? Yes. I mean. Yeah. Then I mean, I think that could have. You know, you could. There could be an argument there. Uh, PT does seem more like a demo, just because it's like I never played it, but it seemed like it was just like a single hallway. Yeah, and but I mean, it seemed more like, like an experience. I, I would, I would almost argue more for PT than I would for PUBG. Really? Because like P- yeah, because PT is like a standalone thing. Like PT isn't going to be wasn't going to be in Silent Hills. It was just his own thing that was made to advertise Silent Hills, but they released it as a standalone thing for free. And it was like completed. Mm. PUBG, I mean, I'm not I mean, I'm and like I'm still like I don't I still have a strong opinion on PUBG because I'm still I'm still of two minds of like you can buy that game and you can play it and it's still like one of the best games of the year. And so like I'm 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 of that and then also but also at the same time I'm just like, man, if what constitutes a like a release? Yeah. If it, and I I think the concept of early access is kind of it can it confuses me in general in terms and not in terms of like it's a bad thing because I don't really care about early access but in the in terms of like of making things official or making things like I don't know and hmm. uh, and I guess in that like the the thing that doesn't matter in terms of like the categorization uh, process of like this thing came out in 2017 or this thing's eligible for this mm-hmm. I think that 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 that's the only thing that makes that makes it hard yeah and I think they're still set to I think they're trying to release in 2017 so this entire conversation might be pointless in like a few months but um yeah I don't know like I'm not gonna lose too much sleep about it it's gonna be on my list I don't know what we're gonna do as far as like the site list goes but uh good question yeah uh thanks paul and what is uh the second part of the topic what or how are we doing game of the year here at okay beast and so this i mean this is less than less of a this is more like conversation opinion this is more of a like what we're doing this is how we're doing yeah it. yeah yeah because since and i wanted to bring this topic up basically because we're going into fall yeah or we're in fall and we're getting we're getting that rush of games and yeah so, in like so two months we'll be having block. the real conversations yeah because like, essentially, like my idea is to is to emulate Giant Bomb, which is kind of what we did last year, but not really to like a strong extent. Yeah, my um, I think I'm like right. I I really like those conversations, and um, I think especially now that we've merged and like we have like so many more people to do it with as well. Like I'd love to bring in like NATO and and Moises and like everybody who's like has some sort of significant work on OK Beast come in and just like, let's just hash it all out and have some fun. I think we'll probably, we'll likely split it up between, I think we talked about splitting it up between a couple different shows, uh, across like a day or two. I can't remember the exact plan, yeah. but there were, I think what I, I, I think what we landed on is doing like, you know, everybody has their individual top 10. Yeah. yeah I think we're going to split up by, we do like categories in like the 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 kind of like the debate talk of like 
uh, what becomes game of the year, what wins each categories on one show, and then the other show we do our favorites. Uh, the t- our yeah yeah I think that's the plan. I, I'm sure we'll do guest contributions again this year, where people can like write in. Um, I'm sure we'll do that again. Uh, yeah, dude, I did that last year. Like, it's a lot of work. Alone. I bet. Man, that was a lot of yeah. work. Well, now there's there's I a lot like, more. I like two weeks straight. So, and somebody wouldn't send me their their <laughs> list. Are you talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. Because I thought you said I couldn't. Oh, I was like, is that I was like, is that me? Because <laughs> I thought you <laughs> I thought you said me? I couldn't do it. I forgot what it's I forgot what even happened. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah. Yeah, and then we still need we still need to figure out category categories and stuff. If like, you have any good categories, uh tweet us. If you have any creative categories. What categories is best loot box system? <laughs> Since every game has come out with a loot box. Yeah. And let me tell you, Injustice, I played that game for a little bit. That game has a great loot box system. Yeah, but I feel like it's not as good as Overwatch's because you're not, like, trying to get something, if that makes any sense. There's not, like, a checkbox where you can see all the different armors you can get, and that's, like, I guess, part of the appeal. Aren't in, aren't Destiny 2 Engram's loot boxes? Yeah, I think those count. Yeah. Fuck, they're in a loot box, sure. too. They're, they're everywhere. Loot boxes are everywhere. Yeah, yeah like, Lawbreakers has them. Um, Shadow Ooh, Lawbreakers has some good loot boxes. Uh, uh, nobody's <laughs> heard of Lawbreakers. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot. Forza has them. WWE, or I think MA2K might even have literally them boxes, every game ever at this point. Yeah, Cuphead every has game them. this year. That's no, like I'm the kidding. one bad thing that came out of Overwatch. And like, I, I have I, them. I hate on loot <laughs> loot boxes just because they're everywhere now. Like, I like them when, it, when I like them in Overwatch. They worked, but now that everything has loot boxes, I'm just like, y'all gotta calm down. Like Mario Odyssey is gonna have loot boxes at this point. Like, just dropping stars, mushrooms, and toads. Yeah, yeah, gonna equip my toad. Let's talk about Uh, some questions. Questions, real quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, Halloween Nick asks, should games have a difficulty? Yes, I feel like that's too general. Games should have a difficulty because difficulty is directly tied, usually subsequently, not directly, subsequently tied to time. And a lot of people don't have time to play a game on hard mode. And so that's... Well, like, do you think a game normal. like Bloodborne should have a difficulty? Uh, and, and I think it's up to the studio, honestly. It's like, it's their call. They're the ones who are trying to make money. So if they're willing to let go of some sales in order to have, like, their complete vision be held by the user, then I think it's they have every right to have not... To just have one difficulty. Yeah. I don't know if difficult, if, like, lack of difficulty affects sales at all. Cause I can't think of anybody that's like that has that thinks about difficulty as they're buying. Something. I think if you're t- talking about there. Dark Souls, they do. Um, yeah, but if what would an easy mode of Dark Souls even look like? Uh, like you could just run around the like world and like one shot people to like look at the architecture. Yeah, just like a, just a yeah. one hit kills them. <laughs> Jack the Ripper, the game. Like I'm Ali Mushka. I just want to go do you know like lore, lore, lore videos. I'm gonna mm-hmm. put it on easy mode. Real quick, and I can even though I'm not saying Ali Mushka is like an incredible Dark Souls player and Bloodborne player, way better than I could ever be. You rewinded yourself. I didn't. I just want to make sure that. to clarify. <laughs> I, was, I, was waiting, I was like, man, where's he going with this? No, I was just I'm saying like for Ali like Mushka. YouTubers who want to do like lore videos. I feel like a easy mode could be great mm. for that. Like, hey, I want to go get this footage of this one I boss like. real quick. Maybe there's like a, da- a dynamic difficulty setting where I could like turn it up or down on the fly. I'll just like power through these enemies, go to the boss I want to go to, turn it back up, do my video. You know, that kind of thing. That could be cool. Mm. My answer is yes, if it suits the game. I think for... I I think... Well, I say this... I've, I don't I think games this, like, like Mario should have a difficulty. Yeah, actually, that was the exact example I was going to give, actually. Like, when I think of a game like Mario, I think of, like, 
the sh- there's a lot of shared experiences that you have in Mario to where like you get to a ledge and like oh this is where the Goomba pops up this is where this thing happens everybody has the same exact memory of of Mario games and it would suck if like oh it wouldn't suck I guess it would just be a different ex- different experience like collective experience if like you turn it to hard and all of a sudden there's five Goombas in one spot instead of one uh because like there there are certain there are certain games that like I feel like when you can when you're able to have that shared collective conversation that it kind of it it creates a, it creates a cool shared moment between people mm-hmm. um but also like i think i think difficulty could be awesome for kids or like families or like like you said people who, who want to capture gameplay or don't have don't have as much, as much time like for me near turning out turn down that difficulty was perfect for me because i was like i want to i want to complete this game i don't want to force i don't want to like hit my head against the wall to complete this game oh i can turn it easy boom done yeah um but also, I mean, I also respect developers that are just, that are just like, nope, like this is what we're gonna do because this is the experience we, we want you to have. And so, yeah, I respect both choices. Yep. Cool. Uh, next question comes from Chase Williams. Yes. Well, he says, guys, I really wish I could talk Cuphead with you. Uh, he asks, can you explain your relationship with skill-based games? Do you do you crave the frustration? Sometimes I do. I think. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it depends on the. Feel- uh, genre. I feel like with Dark Souls, I felt like I had to re- completely rethink the way I thought about games when I played that game, and I feel like if I didn't have that experience, I would be lesser for it. So I feel like the the frustration is like a tool, and I use that frustration as a way to like continue playing. I guess because if I'm frustrated, that means that I'm banging my head against something over and over again. And if it's when it's something skill based like Dark Souls. I'm like, all right, I just need to think about it more clearly, think about it more slowly. Mm-hmm. And it forces me to think the opposite of the way I usually think. And I feel like, do I crave that frustration? No, but I see it as a valuable tool when you're playing games like that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I love skill-based th- games. I-, I feel like I have, I mean, I-, I would argue that multiplayer games are skill-based games just inherently because the difficulty is incredibly like, like in, in flux um like i could be playing against somebody who's like really great or i could play against like a trash person or trash gamer trash gamer boy and like i I feel like i'm always on my toes in those games and there are many moments in those games that come down to just sheer skill am i better than this person or are they better than me who's gonna win but also i i enjoy skill-based games like even cuphead or or other games like that i enjoy skill-based games because I can kind of like learn how to exploit the play space and like, all right, what are the rules of this world? Um, like how can I, I don't know, how can I make the most of, of this and kind of bend things to like help me in this like incredibly difficult gaming environment, um, in this heated gaming moment. And so, yeah, like I like, I don't always crave those to be honest though. Like, um, Cuphead's just kind of, I've been on golf story and stuff and destiny too, which are like fairly simple games. And so Cuphead's kind of in a welcome, like uh, palate cleanser to where it's like very demanding. Um, and I would even say Cuphead's not that hard. Um, it just like, there's this weird thing where we, Trevor Starkey and, uh, Jono were in my, my DMS today in my mentions talking about like this perception that Cuphead is, um, like very hard. And one of them brought up the fact that people kind of associate repetition with hardness, like with difficulty, like, Oh, I have to die a bunch and repeat it till I can beat it. And they like think that that's hard. Whereas it's just like, Wait, you're learning. Is that not hard? I mean, it's hard, but you're, it's more so like, 
It's possibly. It's more so like you just you have to educate yeah. yourself, and it just takes it's time. A type of, it's, I th- yeah, I think it's a type. Of yeah, I think it's a type of difficulty, but I think it's different than like. Um, I don't know. Maybe you could say that is what difficulty is, but I feel like there are other games yeah, that like, are like just hard no matter what. Like you could know everything about the boss and it's still incredibly difficult. Like Callus, I feel like you literally have to be perfect when you to beat Callus. Yeah, Whereas Cuphead is just yeah. like I need to know how to do this and I can do it. Whereas Callus, I, I know I, how to do I, it and I still can't do it. Well, I can do yeah. it. But Callus is multiplayer though and so yeah. like you get things where like you're doing everything perfectly but then another person messes up and then like you have to keep going over and over yeah. again but i do think that like i mean i agree with what you're saying in the sense that like when i think of difficulty in a single player video game i do think of like repetition and like learning uh the systems because like there's only so much like systems can do to trip you up because everything is a pattern in, in a single player video game like you're in when it comes to difficulty when you like if you name name me any like single player difficult game like dark souls or cuphead or contra or like pretty much anything like it mainly comes down to like pattern recognition and repetition mm-hmm. um and once you get those down you can usually bypass anything but i think the other type of difficulty at least the one i can think of right now if anybody knows anything else like tweet me because i'm now i'm curious after having this conversation but like uh the other type of difficulty is like multiplayer stuff to where like p- other human beings are unpredictable mm-hmm. Um, and I do get a joy. I don't get a joy out of out of co op multiplayer games. Like we played Trials earlier th- this week, and I hate Trials. Uh, now I hate Trials uh, of of the Nine and Destiny because like it's such a that's like the hardcore PvP multiplayer mode where you have four people versus four people, and like difficulty is hard when I it, and it's also like fun. It's not really my my type of fun to where like when when you and other people are doing like this super difficult thing because then it turns into like a kind of just like it could be like a frustration thing or you're either frustrated with yourself or you're frustrated with others. Um, I do enjoy one v one like difficult stuff. I guess like one v one v one scrub. Yeah, like FIFA super into uh fighting games like stuff that, that stuff that's one like that's you versus another human being because inherently that's usually difficult if the other be- other person knows what they're doing um i crave that that's that's very fun to me i kind of like that kind of challenge yeah. um yeah uh next question comes from andrew street yes why is golf story well he says why is golf store so great and when do we get a gba style tennis story well you see golf store is so good you know you have balls you have putters you get paid nine seventy five an hour. You know, working <laughs> at a golf store is really great. I think overall. No, I, I went to a golf, golf store a couple great. times as a kid. It was cool. Golf stores are been. awesome. They have, like, they, I mean, they have exactly what you said, like putters. Uh, you can go practice your putt. Tid- yeah. Titleist. Yeah, I can get a Titleist hat. Is that, is that is that a sexual thing? Touching your putt? No, practicing yeah. your putt, which is the but yeah, also touching thing. your putt. Um, yeah, okay. Golf ah, store is really good, that. Andrew. Um, why did I call you Andrew? Your name is Street. Jeez. Um, His name is Andrew. No, it's just Street. Um, golf story. <laughs> also, Andrew, if you ever talk about me again on 4 Yanks 1 Aussie, I'm sending you a cease and desist letter. Uh, anyways, golf story is really good. We kind of talked about it already. Wait, were you the one who sent the uh, copyright strike to their YouTube channel? Yes, it was me. Oh God, no! It deepens. The Lord deepens between <laughs> OK Beast against the world right mm-hmm. now. Um, so yeah, I think Golf Story is just great, and it's writing, and it's like mood, like it's very just relaxing. Um, and I think it just kind of is just a callback to um, older games, and I, and I think 
Um, it's great for that. So, uh, and what was his other, when, and when do we get a GBA tennis story? Um, never. Yeah, I agree with the never part. Uh, uh, this was, this is, this is the Go one. Go play Unless that Rockstar ping pong too. game, table tennis game. If there's a ghost. Wait, do you ever, do you have a problem with a uh, Rockstar table tennis? No. For the I'm PS3 saying go play it because it's if, good. Though, <laughs> what I if, actually haven't. I, wait, have you played it? Because I, I have. Played it. <laughs> I played it. Yeah. What if they make? I want to play blank it. blank story like a a thing where like it's a continuation of things where it's like they'll do like golf story, tennis story. That'd be cool. That would dominatrix be cool. story. That story. Wait, Being a dad say? story. Gra- lawn simulator. Lawn lawn story. Lawn story. Racism. That's sto- basically uh, golf story. PewDiePie story. Lose <laughs> all your brain. I would like a president story. story. President story, like presidency story, White White House story. Something that has to do with being a being a uh, in the White House in this CIA style of story. game that is as obnoxious or not as obnoxious, but as nonsensical as this game would be amazing because this game has such a great sense of humor, and I can just see them playing around with that kind of thing. Um, yeah, uh, our best chances of get, getting a GPA style uh, tennis game make is it yourself. These, well, I was gonna say these developers that made Golf Story uh, going on and doing something like that. Um, I think that'd be pretty cool. Story um, of in Golf Story Destiny stories. Destiny story. Golf Story uh, is great um, because it has a great sense of humor and it's very unique and it works. That's my answer. Uh, and that about wraps up wraps up this episode. Uh, this is a great one, guys. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations to you both. I hope you both are happy. I'm trying to go raid if we're being honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, I don't want to go back into that raid. Can we just stay here forever? <laughs> the OKB anyway. Podcast is a weekly gaming and nerd culture-centric show. This is where we get together and talk about the biggest topics in games and culture. If you like the show, subscribe to us on your streaming service of choice. Visit OKBeast.com and follow at OKBeastNow on Twitter and Instagram. My name is Blessing. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at BlessingJr. You can find Alex on Twitter at It's Van Aiken. You can find Ian on Twitter at Ian Why Not. This has been episode 64. Say bye to the people, guys. Bye to the people, guys. <laughs> <laughs>